0: We'll
1: Hello and welcome to the Chiara Jazz Podcasts. I'm George Graham, Director of Artistry and Repertoire for the venerable jazz label, celebrating our 50th anniversary and featuring over 100 titles by some of the world's great jazz musicians. This time we feature Scott Hamilton with Bob Wilbur. Tenor saxophonist Scott Hamilton is one of the more ubiquitous figures in jazz with a recording career of over 40 albums. A native of Rhode Island, he came to New York in 1976 at the age of 22 and soon began working with trumpet great Roy Eldridge, vocalist Anita O'Day, and pianist Hank Jones. The following year, he made his recording debut in a joint album with multiple reed man Bob Wilber with Hamilton's own quartet, appearing on an album released by Chiaroscuro Records. Here, from that 1977 recording, are an original by Bob Wilber called Riff and a swinging treatment of the old standard between the The Devil and the Deep Blue Sea. Got Hamilton on tenor sax with Bob Wilber on clarinet with first an original by Bob Wilber called Riff and just now Between the Devil and the Deep Blue Sea. The personnel included Hamilton's group with Chris Florey on guitar, Phil Flanagan on bass, and Chuck Riggs on drums. One of the distinctive features of many of Chiaroscuro's CD releases is Jazz Speak, a track featuring the musicians talking about their music in their own words. This studio album was made in 1977, but in 1993, Hamilton and Wilbur were in Oslo, Norway at a jazz festival, and they recalled that Chiaroscuro session 16 years earlier. This is
2: Bob Wilbur, and I thought we'd talk about how our association, Scott and mine, came about, and I think it really all started with an occasion when my wife Pug and I had gone to the theater one evening, and we were crossing 54th Street on that block there between 7th and 6th Avenues, where Eddie Condon's club was, and we're walking along, and I hear these sounds coming out of Condon's down the street, and it took me back as if by magic to my youth, when I used to wander up and down 52nd Street in the summer and before air conditioning all the club's doors were open, you could hear all this music, Coleman Hawkins in one club, Ben Webster in another, Billie Holiday over here, maybe Jack Teagarden playing over here. And I suddenly said to Pug, God, it sounds like 52nd Street in the 40s when I was a kid who could that be playing that kind of music today? So we looked into Condon's and we saw this band of cherubic youths on the stage and I swear not one of them looked older than about fourteen years old and of course it was Scott and his Providence lads Chris Laurie, Phil Flanagan and Chuck Riggs and it sounded so wonderful it was all together and everybody was doing the right thing the bass wasn't too amplified The guitar had this marvelous Charlie Christian percussive sound to it. And Chuck was playing those beautiful brushes, you know, with a taste. And of course, Scott was blowing this marvelous tenor, which just brought back memories of Hawkins, Webster, Don Bias, the whole school that really flourished when I was a kid. And I mentioned it to Pug, I said, geez, those guys are really wonderful. I'd love to make a record with a band like that. And I said, you know, geez, I haven't made a record under my own name for so many years now. And Pug said, well, we got to do something about it. The next day she calls up Hank O'Neill and mm-hmm. says, Hank, i got to come to talk to you. Pug comes in the office and sat on Hank O'Neill's desk for an hour and bugged him and bugged him. And he finally says, OK, OK, I'll record them, OK. <laughs>
3: I suppose it was about seven or eight months after I moved to New York. I was hanging around in Conans a lot meeting musicians, and it was a very exciting time for me. Standing at the bar with all of my heroes and getting to play as well. I do remember the night that Bob and Pug came in. We had already taken over as the Sunday night band at Condon's, where they would change the policy slightly by bringing in different guests and so on. I don't remember who the guest might have been the night that Bob came in, but it seems to me like there wasn't a guest. Maybe
2: it my goof that week. I just remember hearing the original group with the three rhythm and I remember it that way too. I think
3: maybe we didn't have a guest that week. Mm -hmm. I must have told them we couldn't do it or something. But I had met Bob a few months before. I was playing with the world's greatest jazz band and Bob was opposite us with Soprano Summit. And it was a hectic evening. We never really got a chance to talk. Right. But that night was wonderful. We hung out, all of us hung out with Bob and Puck at their table. And I suppose it was only a few days later that Bob called me on the phone and asked if I could get the guys together to make a record.
2: Yeah, I was really excited about it. I figured we could do things with tenor and clarinet, tenor and soprano and tenor and alto to get some different colors. And I had some ideas about some little riff songs and a couple of original things that I'd written, so I made some little sketches and we got down to the studio and handed out the parts and everything and we start to run through things and I realized then I don't think Scott reads music too well I said oh Jesus we're in trouble but what I discovered very shortly was that we would run through these things once maybe twice I'd be playing the melody Scott by then would have it he'd pick it up immediately and we were off no problems
3: it was fun actually. I'd done a couple things for progressive records. I'd been in downtown Sound maybe twice. It was a very comfortable place to play. And that was the first time I'd ever done any original material there, things that I didn't know. So it was nice to find out that I could memorize the things quickly because then I knew what I would be capable of doing later on in terms of if somebody invited me on a date I'd what to turn down or what not to turn down. I think as far as a record that Had my name on the front cover, this was probably the first.
1: Now here's more from Bob Wilber and the Scott Hamilton Quartet, starting with the Sammy Kahn-Julie Stein standard, Time After Time, then a Bob Wilber original, Jonathan's Way.
0: (laughs) ¶¶ (laughs) mm <laughs>
1: Bob Wilber with the Scott Hamilton Quartet, and Jonathan's Way, preceded by Time After Time. Here are the two Reed men again on their Jazz Speak segment from Chiaroscuro.
2: The thing that happened to jazz you know, after the war, which to me, in retrospect, was really kind of a tragic thing, jazz suddenly took two roads. Half of the jazz went with Charlie Parker, Thelonious Monk, Gillespie, and the other half went back to Bunk Johnson, Preservation Hall, George Lewis, and so forth. And suddenly, this mainstream of music, which had really been inspired by Louis Armstrong's recordings in the 20s and nurtured and developed in the 30s and into the 40s into this marvelously, to me, a perfect music, I guess you would call it swing, suddenly disappeared. Mm -hmm. And everybody, you had to be either in one camp or another. And what knocked me about these kids was they were going back and sort of taking off again from that great period in the 40s when I was growing up. And their music sounded like a continuation of that. Not an imitation, because I felt they were very creative, but creating within that idiom.
3: Well, that was where we were coming from, that's for sure. Those are the classics for us, along with, of course, Lewis Hot Five things and stuff like that. Sure. Although we never played that. There were enough people already playing that in this particular group. That music is still in everybody's heart. If not on the top of what we're doing, it's always
2: behind what we're doing. Well, to me, it was proof of what I always believed, that you don't have to be part of the latest style in jazz to be considered a, quote, creative artist. Yeah. You can create within earlier styles and be very original. There's still plenty of things to say, and you don't have to be in the latest
1: avant-garde clique to do it. We'll close with a Bob Wilbur original called 144 West 54th Street. Bob Wilber and Scott Hamilton on tenor saxes with Chris Florey on guitar, Phil Flanagan on bass, and Chuck Riggs on drums with 144 West 54th Street recorded in 1977. This music, as well as the full jazz speak, are available on the album Bob Wilbur and the Scott Hamilton Quartet on Chiaroscuro Records. For more information, go to chiaroscurojazz.org. The music is available on CD as a download and streaming on Spotify. And you can listen to continuous jazz from the over 100 albums available on chiaroscuro 24 hours a day on the chiaroscuro channel available at the new and improved chiaroscuro website this is george graham thanks for joining us for this chiaroscuro podcast and join us next time for more music from great jazz musicians